This is the L3 Leadership Podcast, episode number 121. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 121 of the L3 Leadership Podcast. My name is Doug Smith, and I'm the founder of L3 Leadership. We're a leadership development company based out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and our purpose is to help you become the best leader that you can be. In this episode, you're going to get to hear a talk that I gave at our L3 Leadership Beaver County chapter. I spoke on the habits and disciplines of great leaders. Um, it's one of my favorite subjects, and I think it'll be very practical and, uh, and a lot of things that you can apply immediately to your life. And so, really excited for you to listen to that. As always, if you're new to the podcast, you're going to get at least three or four episodes every single month. Uh, one will always be from our leadership events. One will be an interview that I do with high-level leaders. And then once a month, you'll also get a personal leadership lesson by me. As always, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, I'd appreciate if you would jump on iTunes and leave a rating and review and subscribe. That really helps us grow our audience organically. So thank you so much for that. Uh, I just want to thank our sponsor. And this month, I'm actually going to thank our Beaver County sponsor, Champion Life Church, uh, which is a church led by my mentor and my hero. Larry Betancourt. Uh, I would not be where I am today if it were not for his investment in my life. And so uh, he leads a great church in Chippewa, Pennsylvania. They meet in Blackhawk High School. And if uh, you're looking for a great church and you go to Beaver and you live in Beaver County, you can check them out at mychampionlife.com. That being said, let's just jump right into the talk. Again, you're about to hear me share on the habits and disciplines of great leaders. Enjoy, and I'll be back at the end with a few announcements. That being said, we'll jump right into the lesson. Um, that I want to share today, and actually, this is this is one of my favorite topics to talk about. It's a lesson that I've wanted to do for a while. Um, I'm going to be talking to you about the habits and disciplines of great leaders, the habits and discipline of great leader leaders. And one reason I love this subject, and it's actually one of my favorite things to ask leaders. Um, if you don't know, we have a podcast, and I interview a leader once a month. And one question that I normally ask is, what are the habits and disciplines that you have on a daily basis that enable you to be effective? Uh, after a while, when you start growing in leadership, uh, you'll get the basic concepts and principles of leadership and being a great leader or growing your potential. You can get those things under your belt, but ultimately what's going to set you up for your success is your habits and disciplines that you carry out and execute on a daily basis. So all this lesson is is really a compilation of habits and disciplines that I've developed in my life. And have, and really, the only reason I've developed them is because I've seen them modeled in other people. And uh, it's amazing how many executives I've spent time with, how many great leaders I've spent time with, how consistent they are and how similar they are and the habits that they do. And so I'm going to share with you 12 habits um, uh, that will add value to your life. A few resources uh, for you if you're looking for resources to grow and develop your habits and discipline. Uh, One is a book that changed my life in 2003 called Today Matters by John Maxwell. Today Matters, the thesis of that book is uh, we exaggerate today, we overestimate, I'm sorry, we exaggerate yesterday, we overestimate tomorrow, and we underestimate today. Uh, and, and in the book, he actually shares his, he calls it his daily dozen, but it's the 12 decisions that he manages on a daily basis. So if you're looking for like a basic foundation of, of disciplines, uh, I'd encourage you to read that book. Uh, and another quote he said in there I love, he said, the secret of your success is determined by your daily agenda. Again, ultimately what's going to make you successful in your marriage, in your company, in your ministry is what you do on a daily basis. Another resource, I think I have it in your notes, is The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. It's probably the best book. It's, uh, I think it's two or three years old now. It's one of the best books I've ever read on habits and how to change your habits. Um, I, I could not put it down. I read it in like a week, and, and that's rare for me to do that with a book. Uh, and then lastly, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Um, if you haven't read that, that is a must-read um, for leaders. 
So a few thoughts on habits and disciplines before we jump into them. Uh, John Maxwell said this, daily we are either preparing or repairing. Again, this theme of, of daily. Daily you're either getting better and moving towards who you've ultimately been called to become or you're moving away from that. Um, Jim Rohn said this, we must all suffer one of two things, either the pain of discipline or the pain of regret or disappointment. Again, you're either going to be disciplined and implement the habits in your life and be happy because of that, or you're not going to be disciplined and not have the right habits in your life, and you're ultimately going to be disappointed with what you do with your life. I love that quote. And then lastly, I'll share this poem that I love. Uh, It's called The Habit Poem. It says this. It says, I am your constant companion. I am your greatest helper or heaviest burden. I will push you onward or drag you down to failure. I am completely at your command. Half of the things you do, might as well, you might as well turn over to me and I will do them quickly and correctly. I am easily managed. You must be firm with me. Show me exactly how you want something done and after a few lessons, I will do it automatically. I am a servant of great people and alas, of all failures as well. Those who are great, I have made great and those who are failures, I have made failures. I am not a machine, though I work with precision, the precision of a machine plus the intelligence of a person. You may run me for profit or run me for ruin. It makes no difference to me. Take me, train me, be firm with me, and I will place the world at your feet. Be easy with me, and I will destroy you. Who am I? I am habit. And and I just love that. I think that gives a perfect uh, glance at what habits can do into your life. Um, Another reason I think habits are so impactful, I was interviewing a guy named Ed Greffenstead. He's the CEO of the Dietrich Foundation recently, um, which is a $540 million foundation. Um, They're doing amazing things. But I was asking about how, what advice he has for young people when it comes to finances. And he said, I'm absolutely astounded of, of humans' inability to understand the power of compound interest. And he was just talking about retirement and how just putting a little bit away now can p- compound over time. Again, you guys probably heard the statistics. If you put away, you know, like 30 bucks a month for 30 years, you'll eventually be a millionaire. I don't know if it's exactly 30, but the power of compounding interest. And, and I thought, how true about money, but also how true about our habits. And it's amazing how quickly your, comp, your, your habits can compound. Pastor Larry has instilled a lot of habits and disciplines in me. And I've been you know, following things that Pastor Larry has taught me now for 14 years. And I'm amazed at the compounding interest, so to speak, that those habits have had in my life. Um, I've seen my influence compound. I've seen my health compound, my relationships, my money, my walk with God, all of those things have compounded in my life and grown immensely from where I started simply because of my daily uh, habits and disciplines. So what are the habits that I've both observed and practiced in great leaders? I'll run you through the list. Again, there's 12 of them. And uh, if you're you're taking notes, there's fill-ins as well if you want to follow along. Uh, Habit number one, great leaders spend time with God. Great leaders spend time with God. Gerald Brooks said this. I love this. He said, leadership is never about the spotlight. Your stage time can never exceed your prayer time. Your stage time can never exceed your prayer time. And I hesitate putting that in there because sometimes my stage time exceeds my prayer time, if I'm honest. But I think it's a challenging quote. And uh, every leader that I know that that does great things spends time with God daily. Um, So my question to you, are you spending time in the Word of God on a daily basis? Um, Are you journaling what what things God are teaching you? Pastor Larry and I had breakfast yesterday, and he was sharing some things that God just has taught him and and dealt with him about his heart. And he's written, I'm sure he has that written down so he can always go back to that. Uh, Are you spending time in prayer? Are you you praying with God? Are you spending time in worship? 
Are you going to church? Uh, I think faith should be such an important habit. And again, I'm preaching to the choir literally here. Um, But great leaders spend time with God is habit number one. Habit number two, leaders determine and prioritize their values. Great leaders determine and they prioritize their value. They make a habit of this. Uh, A resource, I believe I put it in your notes, that I'd highly, highly, highly recommend is um, Creating a Life Plan by Michael Hyatt. Uh, Michael Hyatt was the CEO of Thomas Nelson Publishing, and he actually got coached by a guy named Dan Harkavy. And uh, they they actually wrote a book now called Creating Your Life Plan, or I think it's called Intentional Living. Um, But essentially, the life plan, and this is a great exercise I'd encourage you to do, it's taking every area of your life, the ones that they go over specifically are God, family, so your spouse and children and your extended family, work, career, health, finances, and then social. Those are the areas that they can, and again, you can come up with their own, uh, your own areas, but what they do is they, they recommend you taking a day or a weekend and taking each of those areas and saying, hey, at the end of my life, what would I want people to say about my life in this area? If my wife got to speak at my funeral, what would I want her to say about my marriage? If my kids got to speak about me at my funeral, what would I want them to say about the way that I was a parent? If my coworkers got to stand up and speak, what would they say about me? What would I want them to say about me, uh, about the way that I worked and interacted and added value to them? So you take every area of your life and, and you say, okay, if that's what I want said, that's the big picture. So I want Laura, uh, I want Laura to say that she would have never wanted to be married to someone else, that I was the best steward of her, um, that she had an absolute blast, that she became the person God called her to be and did everything God called her to do because, in, in some part, because she was married to me. That's what I would love. I, and that we made it to our finish line, that we were married for 50 plus years and it was absolutely awesome. We had a time of our lives together. If that's the vision, then you take that and say, okay, if that's the vision on my deathbed, how am I actually going to get there? And then you just start breaking it down. Okay, if I want to have a great marriage, I'm probably going to have to have a date night every week or I'm going to spend time dating my spouse. I'm going to have to serve her. I'm going to have to compromise often. I'm going to have to to bless her and and do something special for her. We're going to have to take weekend retreats away. I'm just throwing some things that I've written on my list. So then you actually have an action plan. You're putting together a game plan for yourself in that area. Um, And I'd encourage you to do that for every single area. It's a great way to determine your values, which is simply what's important to you. And not only what they are, but how you can actually prioritize them. Once you actually have the vision, then you can prioritize those. And then you schedule those, right? Okay, so I'm going to schedule the date nights now. Marriage is very important to me. It's a value. So I'm going to schedule and put it in my calendar uh, and take all the areas of your life to do that. And here's the thing. When you prioritize your values, uh, you can eliminate everything else, right? Uh, I'm going to eliminate the things that aren't helping me get to where I want to go in each of these areas. And I think that's huge because if we're not careful... um, one of my mastermind groups is actually going through necessary endings. Uh, and an exercise that we all just did is we took, uh, we just made a, a, a mind map, so to speak, and we drew bubbles of everything that we're a part of. So right now I'm a part of L3 leadership. I'm a part of light of life. I'm, I'm married. I'm a dad. And then we drew little squiggle lines and said, okay, at light of life, what's everything I'm a part of at light of life? L3, what's everything I'm doing with L3? And uh, it's all good stuff. But we all had to come to the realization that as you grow as a leader, everything you can focus on is going to be good stuff. But So what can, I, what can I eliminate that's not absolutely essential to me reaching my vision with L3, with Light of Life, with my marriage? And that might be a great exercise for you. And I'll, I'll throw that out there as well. If you haven't read Necessary Endings by Henry Cloud, absolute must read. I would put in my top three leadership books of all time. But leaders, uh, leaders determine their values and they prioritize them. Next habit is leaders keep their goal their goals and their vision in front of them. 
Leaders keep their goals and their visions in front of them. In Habakkuk in the Bible, chapter 2, verse 2 and 3, it says, Write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner could, can carry the correct message to others. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end, and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. I love that. God says, write the vision down. Write it big enough for people to see that they can see your vision because it's describing an end. A lot of times the vision in our hearts and the goals that are in our hearts, they're describing an end that we want to see in our lives. And we need to have ways to keep that constantly in front of us. Pastor Larry recently went to India. And I remember before he went to India, he shared, uh, he went with a guy named Kevin Cooley who spoke at uh, camps and things for us. And I've known him for a long time. And I think Pastor Larry said in 2002, you wrote down a vision that I want to go to India with, with Kevin Cooley. How long ago was it? He gave me a, a $10, like a $1 bill from India, 10 rupees, 15 years ago. And I put it up on my, on my wall and just said, Lord, I pray you'll bring me to India one day. Wow. And when was that? It's amazing. So 15, Pastor Larry kept a vision. And you do that, and Pastor Larry does that with, with a lot of things, right? He has post-it notes in his, uh, in his closet that he, I believe it's your closet, that he believes God for. It's amazing. But for 15 years, Pastor Larry kept that vision in front of him and said, thank you, God, that I'm going to go to India. Did it happen in one year, one month? No. 15 years later, but he kept the vision in front of you. My question to you is, what habits do you have to keep your vision and your goals in front of you? Um, for me, something that I've implemented in my life, just a few practical things, Every single week, I write down my top 10 goals for the year. Every single week, every Monday, hey, here's the top 10 things that I want to accomplish by the end of the year. One, that keeps them in front of me. Two, it makes me see the goals that I thought were goals but weren't because it's actually funny how, how it changes every week. Like what I thought was a goal in January is not a goal now. Um, so it keeps the vision. You have to write them down every week. Um, I've done this in the past. I, I don't do it consistently, but a lot of people create vision boards. So grab a poster board, grab a stack of magazines, and just start going through the magazines and cut out pictures or print out pictures on, of, on Google of things that you want. So, hey, we want to go on a vacation this year as a family. Well, and we specifically want to go to, like, Mexico. I don't know. So you're going to cut out a picture of Mexico and, and glue the, it on the poster. And then you have a vision board. So you have everything you want to do, and it's a visual. Maybe you put it in your closet. So every day you see the pictures of the things that you want. It's a way to keep it in front of you. I mentioned Pastor Larry puts post-it notes on it. Maybe you want to laminate your goals and vision and keep it in a, on, uh, just on a laminated card that you keep in your pocket that you can pull out anytime. And then lastly, I would say share your goal with others. Uh, I think this is such a valuable practice that we do in our mastermind groups, but how often are you sharing your top 10 goals with others? It's a requirement if you're in a mastermind group for us. You have to share your goals. And people get intimidated by that. It's like, I don't know how to come up with 10 goals. Just write down any crazy, awesome thing that would happen in your life. Some people are like, I just want to read one book this year. And some people would be like, that's not a big goal. But to that person, it is a huge goal. So they're your goals. That's the whole point. It doesn't matter what other people think of them. But there's something about sharing your goals with others that helps keep them in front of you, helps keep you accountable, and it gives them an opportunity to help you reach them as well. Great leaders consistently keep their goals and their vision in front of them. Next habit, leaders plan their days, weeks, months, and years. Another way of saying it is just leaders are planners. The, the key thought in the quote I have in your notes is, never begin a, a day until it's finished on paper. Never begin the day until it's finished on paper. Uh, and I, I would really encourage you to do that. In the morning, part of your morning routine should be looking at your da daily calendar and saying, what do I want to accomplish? What are the things that I should only accomplish today? Um, because if you don't, does anyone not plan their day? 
And, and in the back of your head, you had things that you knew you wanted to accomplish, but distractions came in, you got distracted, started looking at this and that, and all of a sudden you wasted your entire day because it wasn't planned. By nature, I'm very impulsive, and I like, I like being sporadic. I hate knowing what's planned. Like, if I have a whole day of meetings, I hate that. But here's what I found. If, if I don't plan, then I never accomplish what I want to accomplish. And as boring as it is, and as hard it is, as it is for my personality, I have to plan. And the more I grow, the more I realize I have to plan in advance and just get it according to my calendar. So things I'd encourage you to do on a practical level, um, make an ideal calendar. What would an ideal week look like for you? What would an ideal uh, day look like for you? What would an ideal month look like for you? What would an ideal year look like for you? I want to spend two weeks going on vacation. I want to go to two conferences. I want to do X, Y, Z. Really plan out your ideal year, month, week, and day. Um, And again, does that mean you're going to hit it? No, but you at least are getting a picture of what you want to accomplish that year. And then I would just do reviews. At the end of every day, hey, did I accomplish what I want to do? How can I do better tomorrow? Every week on Sunday, I usually try to take a half an hour and look at the week ahead and say, hey, what's up for this week? What do I need to prioritize? What did I do last week? Uh, And then if you can do monthly reviews and quarterly reviews and then a year-end review, that sounds like a lot, and I I don't have time to get into the practicals of that, but I encourage you to do those things. Leaders are consistently planning their days, weeks, months, and years. Uh, and then I wrote this. This is just a, another practical principle. Leaders schedule. This isn't another habit. It's under this one. But leaders schedule execution time. Um, this is a principle that I started probably this year or last year. Um, Shailene Johnson actually came up with Ooh. She shared it. She said, schedule three hours of execution every week towards one of your major goals. Um, and what does execution mean? It means you're moving the ball forward. A lot of times... Again, I spend probably 20 hours a week working on L3 stuff, but does that mean I'm moving the ball forward? No, a lot of it could just be maintenance work. I'm following up with people. But am I scheduling three hours of, hey, this is sales activity. This is going to move my business forward. This is going to allow me to meet with sponsors. What activities do I need to execute on that aren't just maintenance? And schedule three hours of execution. You'll be surprised how that compounds over a year. Next habit, leaders make the most of the golden hours. Pretty much every leader I talk to makes the most of the golden hour. People say golden hour. I call it hours. But um, the, the key principle here is the leaders make the most out of the hours that most people waste. Uh, the golden hour that most people refer to is in the morning. Um, I'd say it's anywhere from 4 a.m. to 7 a.m. Again, where are most people from 4 a.m. to 7 a.m.? They're sleeping. What if you got up every day at 4 a.m.? That's three hours of, of execution time um, that you could have every single day while people are sleeping. Maybe you're not a, a morning person. Maybe you're a night person. Well, what do people do after 8 o'clock at night? They sit down and they watch Netflix for the next four hours. What if you, every single night, took that four hours and, ex- and made that execution time towards your goal? How much more effective would it be? And is it really that big of a deal? If you really want to accomplish your goals, is it that big of a deal that you missed the latest show on Netflix? Right? Um, wise leaders make the most out of the hours that most people waste. Uh, Again, this is how I spend my mornings, just thoughts, but spend time with God. I journal, I plan my day, and I exercise. And if I have extra time, I'll get work done. But again, it's a great time to spend time with God because no one's awake. Journal, plan your day. Hey, I'm not going to actually start work until I plan my day because if not, it'll get away. And then that's my exercise time. The next habit, leaders grow daily. Leaders grow daily. Um, and again, Pastor Larry taught us this, but 
Great leaders consume content daily, whether that's books, podcasts, conversations with leaders, etc. What are you listening to? What books are you reading? And what people are you spending time with? Uh, that's your growth plan. That's how you're going to grow the most. But you should have something every day. If you're driving to work, it's a great time to listen to a podcast. If you're waking up in the morning, spend 15 minutes in the Word of God. Spend 15 minutes reading a chapter of a book. That's what I do. I spend time in the Word. Then I usually try to read a chapter in a book that I'm reading. That's my reading time. But what are you doing to invest in yourself? Um, along with growth, leaders are extremely focused on self-awareness. Gary Vaynerchuk said that self-awareness is the most important attribute a leader can develop. Uh, and I would absolutely agree. So what are you doing as a leader in your personal growth to become self-aware? Um, are you growing in your walk with God? That's a great way to become self-aware. Taking personality tests. Uh, Myers-Briggs is a great one. The DISC profile. Um, Strength Finders is a great personality test that you can take. Uh, Overcoming the Dark Side of Leadership is a great self-awareness book uh, if you guys are looking for some resources. And then do you have mentors in your life helping you become self-aware? Sometimes we need leaders to say, hey, when you did that, that was absolutely stupid. Um, We just need leaders to help us become self-aware. Again, with growth, leaders get coached daily. Um, They're always networking. Here's a cool principle that I love. Tom Peters did a video. He said, never waste a lunch. Tom Peter, Peter said, never waste a lunch. And he said, if you have, if just, if you take every Monday through Friday for the entire year, that's 52 weeks a year, uh, and, and have lunch with someone interesting every single day, I think it comes out to like 242 lunches. Like that's 242 meetings that you could have had that you wouldn't have had if you didn't schedule and, and you just wasted your lunch watching, seeing what's on Facebook. Uh, now, I'm not saying you have to have lunch every single day, but what if you had two, two meetings a week with a leader that you, you could have spent time with? How much could you grow over the course of a year? Uh, leaders are always networking. They're in mastermind groups or in some kind of small group where they get peer-to-peer coaching. And then they're actually leading something every day. Bill Hybel is a great principle for you to implement. said, always be leading something. Again, the best way for you to grow and develop is actually do something, right? It's great to hear a talk, but if you don't execute on some of the principles I'm sharing, then you pretty much wasted an hour of your life. Always be leading something. Next habit. This is an attitude thing, but leaders show up every day. Leaders show up every day. Woody Allen said that 80% of success is simply showing up. I think that's true. Gerald Brooks said this. He said, success is not a secret. I think it's in your notes. He said, show up, show up on time, show up prepared, show up to do your best, show up and do it for Jesus. I love that. And as a leader, do you have the attitude and ability to show up every day regardless of some, if someone is motivating you or not, regardless of the a- outcome? Do you show up every day in your attitude? Do you show up every day with your work ethic? Um, and do you show up every day in great places? Again, depending on your season of life, I used, you know, when I didn't have a kid, I used to be out three or four nights a week networking, right, while most people were at home watching Netflix. Uh, where could you be showing up at great places that will get you great opportunities and to interact with great people? Showing up to this breakfast. You guys are showing up. It will help you be successful. Um, and I would just say with this, you know, don't let anyone have to set the bar for you. If you truly bring the best for you, it, it's a, if someone has to come and raise the bar for you, you're in trouble as a leader. I'm just going to show that if someone, now I'm not saying that you need coaches in your life that'll stretch you. That's different. But if someone has to constantly saying, Hey, you're always later. Hey, like you, you're, you're kind of lazy. Like you really need to step up your game. That that's a mark on you already. And all, and that leader's already said, Hey, if this person doesn't grow, they're probably not going to make it to the next level. Don't let anyone else set the bar for you. Set your own bar. <clears throat> next, next habit. Leaders steward their money. Well, 
leaders steward their money well on a daily basis. Again, a resource, if you guys have never been exposed to Dave Ramsey, it'll change your life. He has a program called Financial Peace. I went through when I was 17 or 18 when the church offered it. If you've not gone through that, please go through it. Uh, It'll save you so much frustration. Um, But just a few thoughts on money, because I really do believe you you need to handle money well if you want to grow as a leader. Mark Twain said this. He said, and this isn't a Bible verse, but he said, the lack of money is the root of all evil, which I thought was funny. The lack of money is the root of all evil. Uh, I had a leader named John Rosso that I was interviewing, and he said, we're not money motivated as people. We're lack of money motivated. You know, if you're making over, actually, there's a book called Outliers, and it says, I think it's Outliers, uh, the actual happiness point of money, if you make $75,000 a year, that's the peak of you being happy with how much money you're making. After $75,000, after you make more than that, you're happiness factor uh, literally goes down and, and it no longer has an effect on how happy you are. That's why a lot of rich people are absolutely miserable because they think if they're making this much money, they'd be happy. But really, even if you think about your wildest dreams, you don't need that much money to live on. Even if you want to travel on a nice vacation that year, like figure out how much money you actually need to live on and then figure out a way to make that money. But again, we're not money motivated. We're lack of money motivated. Um, I put this, great leaders pursue their purpose over their money. I believe the best way for you to actually make an income is to pursue your purpose, right? God put gifts and passions inside of you for a reason. Um, the Bible says in Proverbs eighteen sixteen that a man's gift makes room for him and it brings him before great men. I believe that the giftings and passions that God put in you will make room for you. It'll make room for your family to be provided for. It'll make room for you to be okay financially, but you have to be a wise steward of that. And that's why I put this habit in there because if you're constantly worried about money, you're never going to be as effective as a leader because uh, you're always going to be worried and worried and worried. So get money management under your belt. It's absolutely essential. And then just a few more habits. Next, I put great leaders stay in shape. Great leaders stay in shape. Jim Rhodes said this. He said, take care of your body. It's the only place you have to live. Uh, and for me, uh, you know, I grew up heavy. And, um, man, I didn't like it, right? So, But for so long, my goal was like, oh, if I can fit in these clothes or look this way. But it's the same thing kind of with money. Like, once you get there, it's not going to give you the fulfillment you want. So you need to have better reasons than, hey, I just want to fit in an X size shirt or, or look good. You need to be thinking long-term. Like, hey, I want to live a long life so I can see my grandkids. I want to be there when my kids are around. Those should be the reasons that you get in good shape because uh, that'll carry you through the long-term. Because if your only goal is to fit in this dress, once you fit in it, uh, if it doesn't fulfill you, you're going to end up back in your old habits. But every leader I know um, tries to implement health and fitness into their life. And the ones that don't, uh, actually, I think Doug Dragon shared this. Um, Was it Dragon? No, Doug... uh, Doug Bradbury shared this by the Dalai Lama. He said, "Man, uh, man surprised me, or man surprised me, what surprised me most about humanity? Because he said, men surprised me. I messed up the first sentence, but he says he sacrifices his health in order to make money, and then he sacrifices money to recuperate his health. I thought that was so interesting. Uh, again, right now, I'm in a really busy time. I have a kid. It's hard for me to make time to work out because uh, I would rather work on L3 stuff in the morning. But I have to remind myself, if I don't stay in great shape, I'm not going to have the energy that I need to make it for the long haul. So just a few thoughts on staying in shape. Tony Robbins said this. It motivates me daily. He said, nothing tastes as good as fit feels. Nothing tastes as good as fit feels. When I want to go grab something uh, delicious, I remind myself of that. Like, hey, this is going to taste really good, but it'll feel even better if I feel like I'm in shape and have the energy I need every day. And then Henry Cloud said this. He said, when your maturity isn't enough to sustain you, you have to bring in an external force. 
That's basically saying when you don't, when you literally can't, you might need to bring a coach in to help you figure out what to eat, to help you to work out, etc. But I just want to encourage you: make health and fitness a priority in your life. Great leaders do that. Next habit is great leaders reflect. Great leaders reflect. John Maxwell said, "Experience isn't the best teacher. Evaluated experience is." And again, I don't have time to, to teach you how to do all these things, but do you journal? Do you journal often? Writing about what's going on in your life, reflecting on what you're learning. Do you review your progress? Again, one thing we do in our mastermind groups is we have quarterly reviews. And so at the end of every quarter, we evaluate and we review, hey, am I making progress towards my goal? If not, why? And how can I do that better the next quarter? Do you have a year-end review to actually see how you used your year? Um, do you take personal retreats where you just go away for a weekend and just reflect on everything going on in your life? And then do you spend time in prayer? Um, but I have found that all great leaders make time. And uh, yeah, and that's, I would just say that's another thing I've noticed about great leaders. The busiest people I know make time for these things, no matter what. And uh, they could also have the excuse of, I'm too busy or I have too much going on. But the CEOs of, of huge companies that you wouldn't think time, they make time to reflect. They make time to get in shape because they know it's important. Next is leaders add value to people daily. Leaders add value to people daily. I've shared this here before, but I, I literally say this every day um, at some point during the day. Uh, and I got it from John Maxwell, which is pretty much where I get everything. But it says, um, I want to make a difference doing something that makes a difference at a time that makes a difference with people making a difference. That's all I think about. So today, I want to make a difference with people. I want to connect with people. I want to add value to people. So how can you do that every day? Just think about ways. Um, write thank you cards. This is a practice Pastor Larry taught us. Um, Kim Fleming, who we had speak uh, at one of our breakfasts, this woman is crazy. She's the CEO of Heffron Tillotson. She, she only needs like four hours of sleep at night, which is kind of crazy. But um, she wakes up every day at four, works out, and then every single day at like 5 a.m., she writes three or four thank you cards. And she'll actually send gifts with it every single day, whether it's her coworkers or, or whatever. And uh, they're not just like, hey, thanks for being you. Like she legitimately takes time to write out personal thank you cards every day. Think of, of how that makes employees feel and people feel. It could be something as simple as opening the door, texting or calling someone to check in. I know Pastor Larry has an entire list of people. It's like, hey, here's my check-in list that I'm going to call and check in with. Give someone a gift or a resource. Always, um, always bring something to the table. Maybe you read a great book. Buy someone a book and give it to them. Say, hey, I think this will help you. And then help someone else reach one of their goals. One of the reasons we share our top 10 goals with each other in mastermind groups isn't so we can just say, wow, what a cool goal. But it's, hey, let me help you reach your goals. Uh, we just had a kid join the other day, and I, could have, I, I can help him with three of his goals. So I emailed him after my mastermind group, and I said, hey, I'm going to connect you with this person for this one. I'll send you this. I already got this thing care of, and here's something else I can do for you. Um, I didn't want to do that. I could have done a hundred other things, but it was a way to add value to his life. Uh, and really all that is, is stop thinking about yourself. Stop thinking about yourself and start serving others. And then the last habit, because those have all been so action-oriented, and I think sometimes we can get overwhelmed by how much there is to execute, uh, the last habit is great leaders rest. And usually great leaders are really bad at this, to be honest. But they need to be good. I have the principle in your, in your notes this, this really helped me. Rick Warren said this. He said, leaders divert daily, withdraw weekly, and abandon annually. What does that mean? He said, daily, you need to divert. So if you work with your mind all day, if you're on a computer all day, you need to do something with your hands. For him, it's gardening. But I don't know what it would be for you. But what can you do with your hands if you work with your mind? Or if you work with your hands all day, what can you do with your mind at night, whether it's reading a book, etc.? Every week, you need to take a Sabbath, he said, without your cell phone, which I'm horrible at. 
but take a day where you just rest and spend time with your family doing the things that you should do. And then every, every year you owe yourself to go on vacation where you just totally unplug. And then I, I threw another goal out there, which is always a goal, but I never hit it. Get eight hours of sleep a night. The best leaders that I've listened to say like your performance goes way up if you'll get eight hours of sleep of night. Um, when I actually do it, I do notice that, but I don't know about you, but like, I always think like that's, I'm wasting two hours. I can, I can get off on six hours of sleep. But I think if we all strive to get eight, it will really help. Um, and really, that's it. That's my list of, of habits and, and disciplines that I see great leaders implement in their lives and add value. And so um, that's all I have for you. I hope that added value to your life. I hope you pick up one or two disciplines or habits you can do. Well, hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to my talk. I hope that you enjoyed it, and I hope that you'll take one or two things and apply them to your life immediately. Uh, if you missed anything and you want to see a quote that I shared or anything like that, um, I actually share all of my notes in the show notes at l3leadership.org forward slash episode 121, and you can get everything that you need there. Uh, you can also find ways to connect with L3 Leadership there and sign up for our email list. It's the best way to stay up to date with everything that we're doing. And when you sign up for our email list, you'll get a free copy of my ebook, Making the Most of Mentoring, which is my step-by-step process for getting meetings with mentors and leaders. And uh, if you haven't read that yet, I highly encourage you to get it. Uh, it's very practical, and I think you'll find yourself meeting with people you never thought you could meet with after you read it and follow the process. I want to thank our other sponsors, 068. They're a company led by my friend Daniel Bull, and they actually start companies with ex-convicts. A really, really cool uh, company. And you can learn more about what they're doing at 068.org. Again, that's all spelled out, 068.org. Again, if you enjoy the podcast, I would really appreciate if you would subscribe, leave a rating and review on iTunes or whatever you do to listen to this. Uh, It really does make a difference. Thanks again for listening. I know you have a lot of options out there, so I really, really appreciate that you would take time uh, to listen to this. As always, I like to end with a quote, and I love this quote by Gerald Brooks. He said this, he said, everyone needs a calling, a drive that won't let you sit down when you're tired, quit when you are hurt, or give up when you are overwhelmed. And that's my hope and prayer for you. I hope that you not only achieve great things with your life, but ultimately I hope that you fulfill the call that God has on your life. So thanks again for listening and being part of L3 Leadership. Laura and I appreciate you so much, and we'll talk to you next episode. (music) 